Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 293. If you've ever gone on a cruise and thought at the end of the cruise, man, I really wish I didn't have to get off the ship right now, then my next Royal Caribbean cruise should be music to your ears. I'm about to head on Royal Caribbean's Mariner of the Seas for not one, not two, but three sailings in a row. On this week's episode, I'm previewing our next RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com adventure with our double dip to Coco Cay group cruise. I've got a look at what we have planned on board, some of the activities lined up for the group cruise, and what I'm really looking forward to seeing and doing across three sailings. Here we go. When the countdown until your next Royal Caribbean cruise can reasonably be measured in hours instead of days or months, then you know it's officially time to get excited. And I find myself in that exact scenario this week as I'm about to join a number of fellow Royal Caribbean blog readers aboard the fabulous Mariner of the Seas for a back-to-back group cruise spectacular. We're sailing on a three- and a four-night Mariner of the Seas cruise that'll bring us to Coco Gay twice, along with visits to Nassau, and lots of time to enjoy everything Mariner now has to offer. And if we're talking about a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise, then you know I've invited the awesome, amazing, and astonishing Annette Jackson of MEI Travel back to the podcast. Annette, welcome back. Wow, I need to save this podcast for all of those words you just said. I can't help but notice your last name threw off the alliteration that I was setting up for, but, you know, it's it's a work in progress. I know, I know. <laughs> so, Annette, we're going on Mariner of the Seas. This is our first group cruise of 2019. and this First is of many. First of many. It feels like we've got 20 more group cruises coming this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that... And we have some – there's the official group cruise, which there are only two a year, but inevitably – We snuck know, one in. Yeah, we, we just have like unofficial cruises that we all you know tend to gravitate towards or book or what have you. So, yeah, there's a lot of that going on here, uh, certainly. And do you remember when we booked this one? Like how – it was a while ago, this Mariner group cruise. I don't even remember. You should have warned me. I could have looked back at the date of when I first booked you. I know. There we go. It's, I mean, it, it's been a while, but, you know, this is something that I think we wanted to knock off our, our collective um, uh, bucket list. That's the word I'm looking for. Because this was an opportunity to, do, first of all, do a back-to-back sailing, something we've never done as a group cruise before. And go on the newly refurbished Mariner, which I'm not sure that we knew exactly what Roller was adding to Mariner back when we, we booked didn't. it. But, but this we is totally no like, yeah, between this and uh, Coco K, I mean, this is a huge... Uh, amount of, um, what's the word, I guess, it, significant changes have occurred since we first booked this, and it's... We like, had no idea we were going to get this lucky on yes. this cruise. Yeah. No, it's, it's With really all cool. the new stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, now, you know, in fact, I have, I say I've, this is my first official back-to-back. Uh, I did one, technically, when, in November, when I went on Symphony of the Seas, and I did a quick four-nighter. But then that was followed up by a media cruise. So I'm not sure that really counts. But this time, I'm actually like bringing my family, and we're going to do it. And my, I got to tell you, Annette, my daughters think they are the coolest of the cool because they get to go on it on a back-to-back sailing. And I got to agree with them. It is kind of neat to be like not dreading the end of a cruise for once. It's going to be kind of cool, and it's a great experience. Um, I've done it on a couple of different cruise lines, and it's. It's kind of cool to be able to take your time, waiting to get off the ship, watching everybody else struggle with their luggage as they're getting off the ship, and then you just, like, go off and, oh, next room key, please. Thank you. <laughs> you know? And then you get back on before everybody else, and it's going to be so much fun to do it as a group. 
Yes. Because normally you don't know anybody else. So there's no, you know, you're just kind of hanging out for maybe 30, 40 minutes before you can get back on board and you're just kind of hanging, chilling. We're going to have a party yeah, waiting the, to get back on. It's really, that's what it feels like because, you know, going on the, this cruise, uh, you know, it's a three and four nighter out of Port Miami. Uh, the three nighter is a cruise that goes to Coco Cay and Nassau in that order. And then and the yes, nighter is we the are same going thing, to Coco Cay. Yes, we're going to Coco Cay, which is even awesome news. Really, really excited for that. I've been to Coco Cay. I just did the math earlier this morning. I have not been to Coco Cay since March of 2017. Oh, wow. So, yeah, for some reason, <laughs> I think I wrote this on my live blog that, I, that I've, I'll be doing on, on realcreamblog.com that I think in the interim, I've just been going to Cozumel <laughs> like every other <laughs> I was going to say, day. you're in Cozumel all the time. Yeah. So, so. different C word. But, yeah. yeah. Um, no, last time I was there was last um, January. Yeah, well, it's going to be exciting to go there. Uh, something we, we're doing, we're going to jump all around on this episode, so bear with us, guys. But one of the things I'm really excited for on leg one of Coco Cay, or of, of Mariner to Coco Cay, I should say, is the fact that we're doing something a little special. We always like to mix in a little magic. This is something that I think uh, MEI Travel is really established itself as something they're known for. You guys really look to, how can we plus this up? How can we add a little bit of magic here? And I love this idea because we're going to rent out a couple of different cabanas on Coco Cay and basically just invite everybody who booked into the group to come join us for it. So we're going to have like this, I'm just imagining this little hub of, you know, this is where we're going to be our home base, right? Maybe we venture out as a group to the floating bar. Maybe we venture out to some other areas on the island and do things. But to be able to enjoy the cabana life together I think is going to be a really fun way to spend the day at Coco Cay. And especially this is our, it's our one of two or in my case three, but we'll get to that later. Uh, visit yeah. Yeah. Coco yeah. Cay, <laughs> uh, during the week, which is kind of cool. No, it's going to be really cool. And uh, you know, yes, they're already reserved. You make it sound like we're going to reserve. They're already reserved. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm just hoping we can all be together. Cause if not, they may run us off the beach. But well, if, um, if someone's going to be pushed off to the side, we all know it's Michael Poole. The rest of us can all enjoy some time. Oh, I thought it was so. going to be Earl. No, <laughs> Earl, well, a little calm. A <laughs> There's little kind of a bet going on in within the group where we're chatting now about who's going to be first to be kicked out the group. So, <laughs> so one of the things we probably should talk about if you've never heard about a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise, and as I know I sometimes take it for granted that everyone's listened to previous podcasts, but you know we do these group cruises twice a year. These are regular Royal Caribbean cruises, but we just basically cherry pick. A couple sailings a year and say, you know what, wouldn't it be fun to go on not only the sailing, but invite all of you guys, everyone listening to this podcast or reading RoyalCrimmingBlog.com to join us for it. And so we plan these many years in advance. If you're if you're already like, I said, I'm already sold, Matt, you want to talk about the cabanas, I'm already ready to go. Uh, good news, you can go to RoyalCrimmingBlog.com slash events for more information about it. We actually have three more coming up on the docket. Uh, we've got July 4th, 2019. We have Anthem of the Seas, Nine Nights, an incredible itinerary, by the way. You've got mm-hmm. Bermuda, Labadee, St. Martin, and San Juan. Then you've got an, uh, December 20, t- December 2019. Technically, it's our first 2020 sailing because it goes over New Year's Eve, Freedom of the Seas out of San Juan, Puerto Rico, seven-night cruise. And then uh, we recently announced this one, uh, Brilliance of the Seas in October 2020. We're going to go to New England and Canada. So, Again, different, you can see, we're, we're trying to pick not only different ships in some cases, but also different itineraries, things that bring something a little different to the table. And I think in all the cases, Annette, it's really about sharing the experience. It's what makes these group cruises so much fun. 
It is. It's it's always nice when you're walking around. You know, you're, everybody goes and does their own thing at times. You're not required to come to anything. Um, but, it you know, it does help to come and meet the people that you chat with or you see chat. Maybe you're a stalker and you just watch the chatting. It's always nice to get to meet the person that's typing and, and chatting all the time. But you can come to what you like. You can you can go and do what you normally do on a cruise if you'd like. It's totally up to you. But I do love the fact that we try to add in some extra stuff so that everybody can get together. There's little perks for everybody. Whether you come to everything or not, there's always a little perk for you. Absolutely. It's it's a it is very much a create your own adventure, but I think the a lot of folks tend to come to a couple we of should, events. We should start saying that. Sorry, create your own adventure groups. We should that's there crazy. <laughs> it's 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 a lot of fun. That's what makes it so much fun because you already taken you know a cruise. That's I, I think anybody who's listening to this podcast would be excited for a three or a four night or both back to back sailing. But when you add your friends on there, that's something I always talk about. Is you know what what's better than a Royal Caribbean cruise? It's, there's only one thing that's better than a Royal Caribbean cruise. That's a Royal Caribbean cruise with friends because then it's like I, I don't know. It's like high school if you like high school where you walk around like hey it's that guy again. It's like cheers. You know that's the better. But you example. just keep. You keep running into people. That's the coolest exactly. thing. Exactly. You know, and it never fails. The pub always seems to be a common meet-up spot, no matter what group it is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, certain events that the ship already has tends to be a meetup. But then we add in a few other things as well, just to make sure everybody knows where to meet, because we don't want anybody to feel left out. Absolutely. And uh, for this sailing, some people are joining us for one or, or the other leg. Some, most people, I think, are joining us for both legs, but... There will be some people joining for leg one, <clears throat> some people joining for leg two. That's kind of cool. So we have the opportunity to allow that. Uh, we have a lot of events we've put, we've we've published. Every group cruise we do, we come up with what'd you say about a, a dozen or so events, depending on the sailing. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and we come up with these events. And like Annette said, there's usually we try for like one or two a day. You can come to as many or a few as you want. And we're gonna jump through. I think let's pick out like one or two that really stand out. We talked about the cabanas already, Annette, but I'm really excited to be celebrating St. Patrick's Day together because we found, I think, the only Irish bar in <laughs> Nassau. And they're still open. I talked to him today. So they're still yeah. open. <laughs> what's funny is, what's funny is, like, I'm going to paraphrase Annette's conversation, like, with, because we, I found the Irish bar. I was like, what a big, great idea. And in the United States, if you run an Irish bar, St. Patrick's Day is like Black <laughs> Friday. It is the day you make money handle. It's like the biggest day of the year. And I think, Annette, when you called them, they were like, what it was? It was like asking if you're there open on Arbor Day. Yes, <laughs> it was kind of funny because I was just wondering if they opened early because we're concerned that you know we don't want to have to crowd in. We're trying to be there when they open so everybody can go back to the ship if they want, or they can venture out and do some other stuff. Um, and I don't, I, I don't know if we're going to actually stop at just the pub. I'm sure there's a few people that will wander on. Um, on the island, but it was kind of funny because when I asked if they were open in early, he asked why. <laughs> why would we do that? So yeah, uh, you know. It's and not- I will say, I, I I did cruise last year over St. Patrick's Day, and there were a bunch of people on the ship from Ireland, and they did think the way Americans celebrate this day is quite hysterical. So you know, but anybody on the group cruise, pack your green. You better be wearing green. We got children that will pinch you. <laughs> children. Well, you have children going. You don't yeah, think your kids will pinch us if we're not wearing green? 
I don't think my kids know that sh- that shtick or, or oh okay then if, is, is that against school rules now you can't no oh, <laughs> I I wasn't even going that far I just thought kids don't get that re- like I barely remember that thing as being a thing when I was a kid okay, but, okay yeah. so I'm an old person thank you Matt moving along <laughs> <laughs> moving along I made the Cheers reference that's already like what thirty years old so it's all good uh, what is a meetup or an event that you're looking forward to and what stands out in your mind. Well, I have to say I'm excited about our Windjammer breakfast meetup for those that are staying on board because, again, mm-hmm. we don't have to rush off. <laughs> yes. I, yes. I, I think that's so cool. I wish we could do jammies in the jammer, but, you know, we <laughs> got to get off the ship and get back on. So, <laughs> I mean, you can wear them. It's not I, like I'm sure we could, but I don't pajamas. recommend it. No. Uh, you know, I think that first day or the not the first day, the. First day of the second leg, whatever you want to look at it, like that is the, the for me is the thing I'm really looking forward to because that's like those hours between let's say 9 a.m. until I don't know 11 ish or so. Those couple hours we're gonna have, it's gonna feel like we have the ship to ourselves because if you've ever done a back to back sailing, it's basically the only people on all the guests are off the ship at that point. So it's really just you and the crew members because the other people that are about to board on the next sailing haven't boarded yet. So it's kind of a surreal and yet very fun experience because you kind of have the ship to yourself. Uh, as I mentioned, when I did on Symphony of the Seas, I was up in the in the solarium, and uh, it was kind of cool just sitting there having some drinks. And it's like you look around, and it's just like it's eerie. It's just like almost like if there were, if there were tumbleweeds on a cruise ship, they'd totally be rolling <laughs> by at that point. Oh, funny! Um, At least they're not yeah. asking you to help them clean. You know, hey, can you move? help us (laughs) exactly um and of course you know i don't want to overlook the fact that we are going on mariner of the seas which is a ship that got a major upgrade in 2018 in fact it got like a ton of awards and recognition because this refurbishment wasn't just a well let's paint some walls and you know add a new flow rider i mean they added a ton of stuff on this and they added the sky pad new water slides laser tag and escape room the bamboo room playmakers jamie's italian izumi hibachi I mean, there's a ton to see and do on this ship, and I think the fact that we're doing a back-to-back grants us so much more time to be able to experience all these things, because I don't know about you, Annette, but to try to squeeze all these things in on a three-night cruise and go to Coco Cay and go to Nassau, I mean, there's just there's no time. No, there's not. And the cool thing is, is unlike a seven-night cruise, I know a lot of people are thinking, well, you could do this for seven nights and you would have time. No. See, those of us that are on the three-night we have a leg up on the people that get on on the four night because they don't know what they're doing. And we all already have a plan. So this is great. Yeah. Something I'm trying out also for the first time uh, is the key on Mariner of the Seas. I oh. it for leg one. And if you haven't heard, the key is a VIP guest experience. It allows you to get certain perks and amenities by paying for it. It's kind of like I, the, the comparison I always give a net is like you ever gone to like if you've flown like JetBlue or any airline really. You ever gone to the, to the gate or to the check-in? And they're like, oh, Miss Jackson, would you like to, for X amount of dollars more, would you like to upgrade to first class or economy plus, something like that, you know, and you're like, hmm. It's kind of one of those things where it's not like, you know, it is maybe the world's greatest value, but it's kind of a way to splurge yourself. Yes. Yes. So we're going to give that a try and see how that works out. Uh, There's a number of the the major benefits to it. First of all, it includes uh, Voom Internet. Second of all. It offers also the opportunity to priority embarkation. Probably the thing I'm most excited for, Annette, is that they allow you to stow your luggage on embarkation day before your rooms are ready. And it's That's a huge carries, one. Yeah, two bags full of geek gear. Uh, that's huge right there. And my kids always bring their stuff on. They never want to carry it anymore. I think that's awesome. Then on top of that, you get 
pre- uh, priority access to some signature activities like the rock climbing wall, flow rider. Oh, really? Uh, You're going on the rock climbing wall? I'd like – that's still something I want to do. I just never get a chance to do it. There's always an excuse or – You've got three cruises baseball. coming up. I think you can squeeze it in somehow or another. Yeah, that's true. I guess I should have been While it, you're on, not on the last leg. We all oh. need to be. Well, the rock climbing wall I'm not embarrassed about. I just won't do the flow rider. I'm much too scared of that one. But the uh, – I want to do the laser tag. I've that sounds my like kid- a lot of fun. Yeah, I signed up with my kids already for the sky pad. That's going to be a lot of fun to go on that and uh, do the VR trampoline experience. If that's not YouTube gold right there, I don't know what is. No, it's it's got to be. It's got. I can't wait to see everybody doing that. Notice I didn't say I'm doing it, but <laughs> everybody else doing that. <laughs> nice. And then I think, um, let me ask you this, Annette. Of the two spaces, which are you more excited for, the Bamboo Room or Playmakers? Well, see, that's that's not fair because I've been in Playmakers already. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> see, that's, and I, I want to see the Bamboo Room. It's, it's, but you also like a good sports bar. Well, I do like a good sports bar, and I did enjoy Playmaker on Symphony, but I – just because I haven't been in the bamboo room and I love that kind of feel for any kind of bar. So, um, I'm, I'm very maybe. interested to go in there and spend some time. Maybe I should have asked first, is NC state going to make the, um, March madness? That's why Annette is not excited for playmakers. Got it. Okay. Noted. Cause we are going to be there for, I think the very beginning of the, um, NCAA yeah. men's tournament, uh, basketball tournament. So, um, yeah. Okay. Well, Actually, we can all, well, actually, the ACC tournament's going on on the three-nighter. So anybody watching Duke and Carolina, it's going to be a busy place. Yeah, you think? <laughs> I just, we should just go over there. Hey, can somebody put on the movie of the week? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's going to be a busy area because of the time of year. And and then, you know, let's not even let's just go on and face the music on this one. All of us are going to feel old once we get on that four-nighter and all those college spring break kids get on. Yeah, the Michael Pools of the world. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's tough to uh, – but you know what? I think it's it's a big ship. I think we'll find plenty of space to to enjoy our kind of cruising. And uh, I know my kids are beyond the back-to-back thing. They're also really excited to tell the Adventure Ocean staff when they say, well, thanks for cruising with us. Like, nope, we're coming back again. I bet uh, so. I can just see them. They can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're uh, coming back again. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Did you uh, did you book anything for yourself on this cruise? Any anything anything that's uh, in the in the cruise planner of of note? The only thing I have is for the three nighter because my husband's coming, um, and then he's one of those that's getting kicked off midway through. <laughs> There's this thing called work. He has to come back and work. Um, so I've got uh, the three night dining package. So oh, I will be checking on you eat? guys, but I'm going to be eating well. Where are you going to be um, dining? Have you picked out your places yet? We have not. We have not. We're starting in chops. Okay. But we haven't figured the rest out. So, you know, that's something we're – we'll figure it out once we get down there. Yeah, so we it's kind of fly by the seat of our pants. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how we're doing it with leg two of the with the cruise because we don't have a dining package booked yet. We're talking about it. Leg one doesn't work because we've got a couple of things that are going on in leg one. So a dining package is not conducive. But we could still book it. It's kind of funny because we were saying, oh – well, we can still book the dining package for leg two while we're on leg one because yeah. the the cutoff is as long as we decide on like you know early enough in the sailing. It's just kind of weird to be booking a dining package for another cruise on a cruise you're already on to go. You know what I mean? Like it's just like something very odd or, or surreal about that. Again, uh, anyway, I think it's going to be. Um, <laughs> we'll have to decide about that. But we are booked. We're doing right now. We have uh, second seating dinner 
together, and then um, you know beyond that, yeah, we'll see how it goes. See how the how the um, you know where the wind takes us, so to speak. And a lot of it, I think, is you know when you're dealing with a port intensive itinerary like we have. I mean, of the back to back sailings in that, there's only yeah. one sea day, so there's not a whole lot of time to sit and you know smell the roses. There's a lot of things that are happening, and with that in mind. Perhaps that you know makes the, our traditional dining approach, and I say traditional, not like traditional dining, like just lowercase t, uh, more of a <laughs> like you know it, it really is flying by the seat of your pants, which I kind of think is fine. It's kind of yeah. fun to you know just say well, let's not plan out every minute of it, even though that's my personality. Let's just see where it goes, and you know, case sera, sera, right? Right. Um, so of course we have all that lined up. We'll be live blogging it at royalcaribbeanblog.com. And uh, Annette, I can't wait to go on this sailing. This is gonna be a lot of fun. We got a great group lined up already, and I'll be trying to share as much of this as I can over at royalcreamblog.com. Internet permitting, we'll try to. Uh, we've got uh, our, some live broadcasts on Facebook and and Periscope and maybe even YouTube. So uh, keep your eyes on that. And uh, you know, and you know, of- just I want to give you a, a shout out here because anybody that's never been on a group cruise, they don't understand the hours that you're putting the blog together. It's amazing to watch Matt work. It'll be 11.30 at night or later <laughs> because that's kind of the only time he can do it. And we're all sitting around having fun and he's there typing away. But, you know, he, the dedication. So just a shout out to you for your dedication because it's kind of it, it is kind of hard. These group cruises, there's a lot going on. A lot of people around. We're all hanging out. We're having fun. So it could be really easy for you to, like, you know, forget everybody back home. But you don't. So shout out to you on that. Well, I appreciate it. It's, it's half the fun for me is sharing with other folks. I always tell people it is if you're on a Royal Caribbean cruise and not slightly, you know, being really, really humble brag about the fact you're on a cruise and they're not sharing it all. It, it's it's a guilty pleasure. I got to admit, <laughs> but it's but it is also fun. It's a, if it were work to me, I wouldn't be doing it. You know what I mean? So it's uh, if only that he'd alone. step away and let us type for him. But, you know, oh he gosh, doesn't. No, 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 no. <laughs> I barely let Michael Poole post anything on there. And even then I have to edit it for. Heavily, but uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank you for the compliments. Very kind of you to say. And again, we'll be uh, coming to you guys. Uh, actually, we'll have a review of our cruise. We're going to record an episode on the on the ship, as we usually do with our sailings. So we'll look for that episode in probably two weeks uh, to review what we've done on Mariner, how it all went with all the changes, what we thought of uh, places we visited, things we did, basically all that stuff coming up there. So uh, looking forward to that. Annette? I cannot wait. We just got to get through a couple more days of work here, and then it's off to uh, to Miami. I know. I love it. Miami bound. It's going to be great. Go. As always, thanks for listening to the Royal Green Blog Podcast. I really appreciate you guys being a part of this week after week, month after month, episode after episode. It really is great having you guys here. And, of course... We are dedicating the second half of this episode to you guys, to your Royal Caribbean Cruise questions. And if you want to send me your emails, you can always do so by sending it to Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. You know, I wonder if I say things Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. People do send emails to an email that's addressed Matt. Like, they write Matt, and then they write Matt again. I'm not sure. Anyway, things I think about as I record podcast episodes. Let's start off today with today's episode. It is from Zach from the Twin Cities area of Minnesota. Zach writes, I love listening to your podcast while I work. It's my job from getting too boring. My family's going on Navigator this season. April 26th. We'll be selling 
Seven Nights to the Western Caribbean. While we're deciding on how to purchase a drink and internet package and whatnot, we came across the key in the cruise planner and made the decision to include it in our trip. We liked the parks that came with it, special seating for the shows, priority embarkation, disembarkation, special carry-on bag drop-off when you get on the ship, lunch at Chop Grill the first day, special breakfast the last day, and one internet device to name a few. While uh, we are avid cruisers, and we're avid about checking out the cruise plan for price changes on anything and everything we purchased through the Royal Caribbean website, and having done so, I've saved a lot of money. Between the deluxe beverage package and the key, I've only spent about 30-ish dollars more than what I originally spent on a one-device Voom deluxe package that I originally bought when it was cheap a few months ago. I should note that although I'm a relatively new cruiser, my parents are nearing the diamond class through Crown and Anchor Society. That being said, even though they would get at least some of the perks the key offers throughout through the uh, Crown and Anchor Society, that is, they were completely on board with the idea. We liked what we saw, but I've heard many say they would never buy it. I'm wondering where your thoughts are on the key, and if there'll be any changes to make it better or worse. Thanks for the great content. Keep the good work. Zach, thanks for the email, dude. And I'll tell you that the key is a very interesting idea. I'm actually trying out the key on Mariner of the Seas personally. Uh, we did. We do have a full review of the key at royalcaribbeanblog.com that one of our writers wrote uh, when he got a chance to check it out when it first came out. But the key to me is a lot like when you're going on a flight and the airline says, hey, Zach, are you interested in maybe upgrading to first class? We're going to give you a deal on this. You know, you ever gone to the ever gone to the terminal, to the gate, and you do the check-in, and then they offer you for, like, only 50 bucks more. You can move up to, you know, seats with more legroom or, like, the first-class experience. Like, you know, JetBlue doesn't really have first class, but you can move up to the, you know, to their big, larger seating area that gives you more space and amenities. Similarly, other traditional airlines do offer those kinds of updates, upgrades, rather, to first class. And a lot of it, and even if you're just booking a first class ticket to begin with, I feel like inevitably, regardless of the situation we're talking about, is that the, the decision to, to upgrade yourself to that is really about splurging. It's not like you're going to sit there and be like, well, you know, I'm going to spend however much I'm going to spend for this upgrade, and it is going to be dollar for dollar a great value. Not necessarily, no. It is just a matter of splurging in the same way that if you book a hotel room and you book a suite, uh, that's kind of a splurge. In the same way that if you book a suite on a Royal Caribbean ship and you say, you know, I'm, we're going to go for star class, baby, on the Oasis class. And go for that. It's a splurge. It's a, it's a means of treating yourself, and you could have saved more money by simply not doing it. I certainly understand why some people are against the idea. I think a lot of people are against the idea in principle that there is the option to pay for what some people think should be offered already off the bat and or offered to people who maybe are veteran cruisers. And to that, I say, well, that's a, that's a noble notion, but I don't think that'll ever really happen. And I think that it is a... I think in its current form, the key is fine. I don't have any problem with it. I think it's something that is available only to a certain subset of guests. Not to say that they're going to be offering it to thousands of people. They want to keep it limited in nature so that it's the program perks are not diluted. And I think that it's just like upgrading your seats on an airplane. It's like, well, at the time, does it make sense or does it not make sense? Maybe you don't have the money for it. Maybe you're not looking to splurge. Maybe this is already a budget minded booking to begin with and you're looking at you'd rather save that money and spend it elsewhere i totally get that i mean on the plus side let me put it if you want to look at the positive nature of the key if you were already going to buy the internet if you're saying well i'm already buy the voom package if you take out the voom package cost out of the daily cost of the key there's very little that's left over i mean the cost then is quite insubstantial and in a lot of cases you can clearly justify it in a couple scenarios especially 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 if you're on a royal caribbean cruise that involves tendering I think that alone is worthwhile. Uh, so, you know, obviously, as your parents moving up to Diamond, I mean, obviously, priority embarkation, not quite 
as critical as someone who is new to Royal Caribbean, but you, know, you can make the argument either way. I can I can see both sides of the coin on this one. And will I buy the key every time? No. In fact, I've only bought it so far for one sailing, just as a means of trying it out, quite frankly. And I'll report on it when we come back from Mariner of the Seas to kind of give you guys a... We'll do a lot of content on the key, I'm sure, not only in the podcast, but in YouTube videos and subsequent content as well. So there'll be an opportunity to, you know, look at that. But I, I'm not sure that I would say that it's something you should, everyone absolutely should get. I think it's just simply a way to, you know, treat yourself a little bit. So, Zach, thank you for the email. I do appreciate that. Next, we have an email from... Uh, Anthony in frozen North Dakota, a.k.a. Fargo. Um, and Anthony writes, Greetings from Fargo, North Dakota, and a blizzard. I discovered your blog about a month ago or so. I've been binge listening. I found as many pointers useful. My wife and I are recently surprised by my in-laws with a Southern Caribbean cruise on Freedom of the Seas in January 2020. With that said, I wanted to ask you four important questions. Number one, what can my then four-year-old do on Freedom of the Seas? Let's start there, Anthony. Your four-year-old can do quite a bit of things. Obviously, there's a lot of cruise experiences that are available to all guests four years old or otherwise. I mean, there's the pool. You know, you've got all the activities on the uh, the sports deck. You've got the promenade. Uh, But specifically for the four-year-old, you've got Adventure Ocean. Adventure Ocean is the heart of what Royal Caribbean does for kids on board at ships. You're going to find a number of programming throughout the day from morning to night to midnight and beyond. Their Adventure Ocean is really the name of the game. So, Anthony, when you get on board the ship, you're going to want to go to Adventure Ocean, register for them. There'll be open house hours. You'll see it listed in the daily newspaper called the Cruise Compass. And they will list a number of activities there. Basically, it's, it's supervised child care. So, you just drop your child off, and the four-year-old is uh, playing with their friends. Meanwhile, that frees you up for you and your wife to go have some fun without the kids. So, not too bad. Number two, one of my thoughts on Freedom of the Seas. I love Freedom. Been on her a number of times. I think four or five times now. Going back on Freedom of the Seas in December, right before you go on your cruise, Anthony. So, as you can see, I put my money where my mouth is, and it's definitely a fantastic ship. We've also, uh, you may have already listened to them, but we have done a number of episodes, podcast episodes, about Freedom of the Sea, so check out those. In terms of, also, Anthony wants to know, what are my uh, go-to excursions in the ABC Islands? For Bonaire, it's about diving, or scuba diving, or snorkeling, something to that effect. Something going under the water and viewing the marine life. Definitely Bonaire is the good way to go there. Uh, Aruba is definitely a beach place, Palm Beach, Eagle Beach. Cannot go wrong there. Really, really beautiful spots. And then Curacao is a combination beach slash shopping slash dining stop. Like, I would advise you to, having gone to Curacao, to maybe go in the morning and go downtown. I forget the name of the city that's in the capital of Curacao, but it's, it's within walking distance of where your, your ship docks. Walk around there, do some shopping, maybe have some lunch in there, and then take a taxi to the, one of the beaches nearby and enjoy that. And Anthony's last question, since my child will be four years old, do I need I need to know what car seat laws are in the ports of call? Ah, so in general, Anthony, the laws are very relaxed compared to the U.S. In the U.S., you won't be caught, no taxi will be caught dead taking your four-year-old out of car seat. In the Caribbean, put them on your lap. I know it's not the answer some parents want to hear, but that's really what I mean. Car seats are non-existent. If you want to bring car seats, you need to bring your own. And I can tell you from experience that is really cumbersome and a huge pain physically and and uh, metaphorically. It's just. It's not worth the effort. So you do what well, I tell my wife. I said, what did we do when we were kids? Our, our parents held us on their laps. And that's essentially what you're going to do. I mean, there's just it's just non-existent otherwise. So there's not, I'm not even saying what the laws are. I'm not familiar with, quite frankly, the local Dutch and 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 other, uh, you know, French laws are in these places. It's purely the car seats don't exist, especially in taxis. It's just not a thing. In a lot of cases, there are buses, uh, larger vehicles in which they wouldn't exist anyway. Even in the United States, that's all right. 
Um, so again, uh, basically when you're visiting these islands, this is true of pretty much anywhere in the Caribbean, outside of U.S. territories, that Carson Stone exists. Now, you're going, you, they did mention, uh, Anthony and Zemo mentioned they're going to St. Thomas, which is part of the United States. Again, a lot of the uh, bus and, and uh, larger frame transportation models that are out there do not have car seats. You, you just hold them on their lap. But I can tell you, we brought our kids to all the places, St. Thomas, St. Martin, Aruba, Bonaire, Curacao. I mean, you name it in the Caribbean, we've been to pretty much every port. And in all those ports, I don't even bat an eye about a car. No one is like, where's the car seat? We can't take you. <laughs> I don't even think about it. Just get in there, sir. We'll take you on your way. So hold the kids in, in your lap. Four years old, I mean, you can also put them in a, in a, in a, uh, in a lap belt. Not here to debate the virtues or safety. I feel like having a belt is better than no belt, but, you know, there's a whole thing on there. But anyway, hopefully that answers your question there, Anthony. Next, we have an email from uh, Skyler, who writes, Hi, Matt. Appreciate all you do and love listening to the podcast. I have a quick question about refundable rates. I'm about to book a cruise for May 2020, taking your advice and booking early. Because it's so far in advance, we want to do a refundable option, but notice it adds $311 to the total. However, we're sailing in two weeks on alert of the seas. Does booking on board the next cruise office waive this fee, or are we stuck with it because we're booking non-refundable? Can't wait to hear from you. It would be awesome if you could respond quickly with it. Well, Skylar, I apologize for not saying, probably answering as quickly as you would have liked for this one. I can tell you that um, booking... Booking on board does not change the price or the booking options available to you. You essentially get free onboard credit for doing so. So it's not really going to change all that much. And I would advise you, Skylar, don't, don't, $300 is not that much more in the grand scheme of things. And I tell you, for the refundable option, if you're on the fence about it, don't book non refundable. There are so many people who write to me and say, Matt, I booked non refundable fare and now XYZ has happened. I can't do that or I want to change the sailing. Is there anywhere around the fee? And the answer is no. So if you're not a thousand percent certain about booking the sailing, you should absolutely go for the refundable option. Don't look at it as it costs you more. Rather, that's the base price. Look at it the other way around is that the non-refundable option takes $311 off the price. It's like a discount. But it's not that you're paying more. You're getting le- you're paying less if you did the non-refundable. But, you know, flexibility, Skylar, is worth it. And I, I, I'm taking, I'm telling you this to somebody who always books refundable fares. Even for these Royal Green Block group cruises like go on, I always still book refundable because you never know. There's a lot of factors that can come up and a lot of reasons to change. So to me, it is worthwhile to go for that refundable option. Uh, and, and I think that you're doing the right thing by booking well in advance. And Skylar, who's to say that you know by booking so far in advance, there might not be a price drop between now and your final payment date? Maybe there won't be. Not to say that I'm definitely going to promise you that, but at least you're going to have a much better price than if you were to wait it out until a point in which you are a thousand percent certain. And, uh, you know, I, I just feel like that's a better mode to go with, Skylar. So hopefully that answers your question there. Thank you so much for the email. Our next email is from Robert, who writes, uh, this is Robert Amir Jaworski from Down Under, Sydney, Australia. We just recently returned from a back-to-back sailing and explorer this season, eight nights Southern Pacific and eight nine Queensland cruise, which was awesome. My wife experienced her first scuba, scuba dive and got to do it in the Great Barrier Reef was another tick on the bucket list. Following up on your recent episode 288 on smaller ships, our first cruise was back in 2013 on Rhapsody of the Seas where we fell in love with cruising. Our favorite ship is Radiance of the Seas. We're in our early 50s and on a cruise we enjoy our downtime to unwind from the stresses of life. And on this ship, you can set up camp in the adults pool area of the solarium and spend the day swimming, reading, drinking, and having an afternoon snooze without the need to get dry or change into more appropriate clothing when you want something to eat. Park Cafe is right next to the pool and has a nice range of food choices for breakfast, lunch, and around 11 p.m., pizza. Also offering a healthy salad bar during lunch. 
On the ship, we found ourselves using the stairs to get around more often than on Explorer, which is a Voyager-class ship, or Innovation, a Quantum-class ship. And the natural light from the glass side makes it feel much larger and brighter, a very nice ship. The other difference we notice is the staff and level of service. Royal Caribbean service in the main dining room is always excellent. However, on this ship, as we have cruised four times on it, we find the staff go above and beyond, and many remember your name, which makes you feel special. We also believe Royal Caribbean uses the smaller ships as train staff, hence they work much harder to to impress as we've crossed paths with best and brightest on larger ships in recent cruises, and even some still remember our name, Great People. As much as we love doing all the various activities on larger ships, bring on March for bumper cars and iFly on Ovation of the Seas. We believe, and I know you'll disagree with Matt, you need to experience a smaller ship to not only get to appreciate a larger ship, but also to experience a more personalized level of service and a more relaxed atmosphere. As a side note, there were quite a number of travelers from the United States on our recent cruises, so when will you be able to join on a Royal Caribbean blog cruise from beautiful Australia? Also, thank you for the blog. Even though we've done 12 cruises, we've learned a lot of information from yourself and fellow cruisers. Robert, thank you for the email. I do appreciate it, and... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure the cruise from Australia is going to happen anytime soon, but I appreciate the email. It's uh, it's good to hear, and I, you know, there's a lot of love for the smaller ships that are out there. They absolutely are a great choice, and I, I'm definitely somebody who enjoys them quite a bit. I, it took me a while to kind of appreciate them fully, almost like a fine wine needed to, you know, air out a little bit. But I, I really do love the smaller ships. Whether it's, you know, I've been on Rhapsody, I've been on, I love Brilliance of the Seas, Jewel of the Seas. They they just offer, it's a different experience. I think that's really, and the, the metaphor I always share is, it's like you're know, going in a car, right? And that if you're driving a sedan versus driving a pickup truck, they're different, I mean, they're both cars, they're both automobiles, but they're different means, different experiences, but it's still similar, if that makes any kind of sense, so. Anyway, next we have an email from Tom Kreider, it's a Tom, uh, this is Tom from Maryland, first off. Thanks for the amazing work on the Royal Caribbean blog. I was looking forward to each post, podcast, and video you rock. Today is our turnaround day at the Port of Miami on Symphony of the Season. I thought I'd share a few observations. So he's got some bolt lists here. We're going to go right through them here. Uh, we had the same state room for both weeks and didn't tour in Miami between weeks so that we made everything extremely simple. On night five, our head waiter asked us if we had any preferences for seating or wait staff for the second week. Also on day five, our cabin steward confirmed that we could leave everything as is in our cabin. On day six, we got an instruction sheet explaining the back-to-back process and then had a briefing as well on day seven. During the briefing, we got all the excursion offerings for the next sailing and could make specialty dining reservations as well. On the final morning, we went for breakfast as normal, except for that week they took our passports with us. After breakfast, we went up to the now-empty solarium and enjoyed the view of Miami until 10 a.m. At 10 a.m., they all gathered us, about 40 of us or so, in the Royal Theater, and by 10.10, we were headed off the ship. We scanned out with our old C-Pass cards, and they gave us new cards for week two. Uh, we walked as a group to Customs and Border Patrol to show our passports, and then walked as a group and signed back onto the ship. Total time off the ship was 18 minutes. After we got back on board, we were free to access our cabins as needed and did not have to wait until 1 p.m. as usual. The field of the ship was different between 9 a.m. and noon, with very few guests on the ship and only about six of us in the solarium. At noon, we were served a private lunch in the main dining room with free wine if desired. Overall, it was a very smooth and easy process. We really enjoyed not having the countdown feeling last week. Here's to a great second week on board Symphony. Again, thanks for all you do, and a special shout-out to Sharla with MEI Travel for the way she always treats us like VIPs. Tom, I love hearing this. Thank you so much. It's kind of funny because you're obviously I'm reading this email a couple days before I'm going on my first true back-to-back experience, and I, I'm so excited for it. my kids. Think it is the coolest thing in the world that we get to we we get to go from you know leg one to leg two and leg two to leg three, and on this cruise and 
they have that that feeling that Tom is talking about. It's like, oh, no, we're not getting off the ship. We're just staying on board. And I think that magic hour or a couple hours of when everyone else is off from the previous leg and you're still on there, it's kind of a cool little special feeling. And I think they're totally keyed in on that for sure. So, all right, let's go to uh, our next email. It is from Elisa Richie. Hi, Matt. We're very excited about our first Royal Caribbean Cruise in December on Anthem of the Seas out of Bayonne. I really appreciate your blog and podcast as an incredible tool to help me prepare. I'm a total plan ahead nerd and do not do spur of the moments very well. I have a question about rebooking on board. I'm looking at cruises for next year and I'm bouncing between Royal Caribbean and Celebrity Cruises. I understand I can book while on board and get some special benefits thrown in. Is it possible to book Celebrity while on Royal Caribbean if we choose to go that direction? Absolutely. So the answer to your question is yes. I've never tried it. I've never done it personally. But yes, they can book you on Celebrity uh, while on board from the next cruise office and you still get some benefits. I'll be honest, I don't know the exact benefits or how it all works, but I do know you can book. And remember, not too long, I think I learned that on this podcast. Somebody mentioned it to me, which was kind of cool. So, yeah, it's it's a definitely a neat, neat thing. All right, time for one more email. It is from Jason Peterson from Orlando, Florida. Where I tell you, Matt, I'm writing to you to thank you for the very positive influence on my cruise bookings. My wife used to think that I was obsessed with cruising and your blog, podcast, social media broadcast. However... When she casually, half-jokingly suggested booking a new cruise, I knew my obsession was worth it. She texted me one day while we were both at work about an intriguing short couple's cruise option. The conversation went something like this. Her. Found a great deal on January 5th night. uh, Sorry, January 5th night cruise for the two of us. I think we should book it. What do you think? Me, in typical Matt style. You'll know book it. Am I supposed to say no? Her. Your parents might want a break from the winter weather to come to Florida to watch our kids. Me. Let's do it. Her. Do you even care where it goes? Me. Not really, but you can tell me. (laughs) <laughs> we ended up booking this sailing the next day. It's on Celebrity Equinox with stops at Cozumel and Key West. We booked this one and included four perks, drinks, Wi-Fi, tips, and onboard credit, and was less than a comparable Royal Caribbean cruise after adding tips and drinks on a similar length Royal Caribbean cruise around the same time of year. We now have four future cruises booked, a record for us. Thanks to your influence, Matt. We've been, we have all these between July of this year and spring break of 2020. Now the hardest part is trying to pay for them all, or maybe it's waiting for on them. First world problems, right? Even with all these bookings, I am always looking for a future cruise. I really enjoyed a recent live blog on the Royal Caribbean blog message boards when you were on Brilliance of the Seas. I think we definitely need to consider them as a future cruise. We have great memories of Brilliance because we had a 14-night sailing on in the Mediterranean in 2007 before having kids that went round trip from Barcelona and visited France, Italy, and Croatia, including overnights in Barcelona, Rome, and Venice. So we would definitely consider a Brilliance cruise out of Tampa. I'm also looking forward to the blog from the March Group Cruise. It's our next cruise on Mariner in July for our 18th anniversary. We're already starting to look forward to the big celebration for our 20th anniversary and opening suggestions. I know it's a little too far to book anything, but it's never too early to start thinking about it. Do you have any general suggestions for possible cruise? We're looking to take a week to celebrate. We've never booked a suite, so that might be an option. I understand that some suites have private hot tubs. You know which of the, which ships or, or types of rooms have that. We explored most Caribbean ports and itinerary, except for maybe Southern, but aren't opposed to repeating an itinerary. We're not opposed to flying to a port, but we do live in Central Florida. Our preference is to sail on our anniversary, July 15th, but do realize this is peak cruising season. Thanks in advance. Jason, thanks so much for the email, and I'm so glad I can be such a great influence on you and your family. Uh, let's answer some of your questions here. In terms of a good anniversary cruise, I mean, it's really hard to go wrong with any of the Oasis class ships, Jason. You know, obviously, they sail out of Florida, uh, so you can easily drive to them. I mean, some people, I know, I know you live in Orlando, and some Orlando folks are like, driving to Miami. Oh, that's crazy talk. And other, you know, I, I, it's, look, it's not as convenient as going to Port Canaveral or Tampa, but 
I think it's well worth it. And obviously, by 2020, you're going to have uh, not only uh, the options South Florida, but Harmony will be in Port Canaveral. So I'm going to pick Harmony Disease, one of my favorite ships, if not my favorite ship, out of Port Canaveral. Great choice right there. I think that'd be a lot of fun. In terms of the suites, the only rooms that have hot tubs on the balcony are Royal Suites, with the exception of, I think, some of the crazy, super deluxe suites now on the Oasis class ships have it as well. But typically, we're talking about the Royal Suite, Jason, that has the hot tub on the balcony. Uh, and and I've, look, as someone, I've always dreamed of staying in those kind of rooms. But every time I look at the price, I'm always like, oi vey, that's just like, it's so significantly more than even regular suites that I just can't justify it. When it comes to suites in general, that's people ask, you know, how do you afford suites? So like, I don't always stay in a suite. It's a matter of where the price is and how much more is it going to cost you. So my advice is watch the prices. If you look at the price of a balcony and you look at the price of a suite and it's not that much more of a jump, something you can justify, go for it. But I wouldn't just pay for the sake of paying. I mean, you know, since it's your anniversary, I can make a really good argument, I think, that, you know, instead of spending a couple thousand dollars on, on the stateroom, you spend a couple thousand more dollars on maybe some shore excursions or, you know, basically experiences during the sailing, either on board or on shore, that will enhance your overall ex- your vacation, whether we're talking about spa treatments, private shore excursions, you know, uh, souvenirs, especially dining, the drink package. You know, these are all ways that you can really take a lot of that money that you may be spending in a suite and instead of spending it on your onboard experience. And, you know, you can make a decent argument that that'll have a longer lasting effect on. Not to say there's anything wrong with the suite. Hey, it's really, really nice. It also depends on how much time you'll actually spend there and all those kinds of things. I mean, you know, one of the things if you're going on an Oasis-class ship is how much time will you really spend in the suite because Oasis-class ships offer just so much to see and do, right? But, um, yeah, I mean, it's nice thing about living in Florida, Jason. There's a ton of great choices, but I'd pick Harmony of the Seas. I mean, you know, don't forget also we've got, and we won't know this yet, but you've got Odyssey of the Seas coming out as well. That's the second Spectrum-class ship uh, that'll be coming out uh, next year, 2020. So you've got that amount, they'll be somewhere in the U.S. I have no idea where exactly. I know it's July, and I'm and uh, actually now I say all that. I'm pretty sure Odyssey doesn't come here until the fall. So that never mind. There goes that option. But if you want to go for July, that's not a choice. You can wait till you defer until the fall or winter, and then maybe you have a choice here. But anyway, you've got some choices to consider. I'd probably pick Harmony, uh, maybe one of the new Amplified ships, whether it's a Mariner or you know, I knew you're doing Mariner for for something else, but you could do Mariner Navigator was really amazing. You know, uh, you've got, and, and between now and then, we're going to know what Royal Caribbean is adding to some of the other existing ships for their amplification, such as Freedom of the Seas, Oasis of the Seas. So, I'll, there's going to be a lot of good choices. You're going to have, a, it's going to be a good problem to have. But thank you, Jason. Thank you to everybody for this week's episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Really appreciate you guys joining in here. So, until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon. <laughs>